Ahoy! I'm the comic book hunter, but you could call me Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 44. For those of you just joining us, A Hero Story is a superhero podcast all about comic books featuring DC and Marvel. We also talk a bit of a live, a little bit of live action stuff as well as video games, if the news from that comes from there. And animation here and there when Young Justice is out, but we gotta wait till summer for that. Uh, we usually go over the news of the week first, starting with the live action news. If anything live action news happened this week, such as this week we have the Joker trailer, we'll talk about that. Uh, after that we'll go into the comics of the week, where we discuss the comics that we read this week, we give a little recap, we say what we liked about it, what we disliked, and what we rated at the end. This week's comics are Justice League number 21, Young Justice number 4, Green, The Green Lantern number 6, and Captain America number 9, as well as The War of Realms number 1, Marvel's latest and not-so-greatest event, maybe. Uh, yeah, and that being said, oh, also, Shazam is now out, so go see it, and if you haven't seen it, or if you want to know how it is, you can check out our review, which we did two weeks ago. We got a chance to see Shazam a little early, so... Visit the podcast from two weeks ago and you'll see our little non-spoiler review. That being said, anything you want to add, Ed? No, let's get right to the news. Okay, cool. Uh, first bit of news before we get into our little Joker review. Endgame. Tickets are now on sale. Uh, hopefully you got yours. That actually crashed just about every single website selling tickets. I'm pretty sure it did actually crash every website selling tickets. Crashed my website sites here in Canada. I'm sure it crashed yours as well. Yeah, I, I use uh, Fandango to get tickets, and I was buying tickets. Uh, my friends are coming up that weekend to see it, so I had to buy three tickets. And uh, I was picking out, trying to pick three seats in a row, which was actually very hard to find in the theater. And um, every time I picked seats, I was in the process of checking out, and those seats got taken before I could even check out. So <laughs> it took a good 10 minutes to get the tickets, but luckily I was able to get them. I did it in the morning. like I made my schedule for next semester, and then I bought the tickets right away. It was, it was a priority. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going with three people, and we started off, one of us was trying to get it. He was at work at the time, and he was struggling to get it, and he was also a bit busy with work, but we are just like, ah, you know, we'll just get it whenever. He's like, yeah, the website keeps crashing. He's like, ah, oh, we'll just wait till it comes back. And then I started seeing on Instagram, people were like, tickets are selling out, even though the websites are crashing. He's like, nanny. So I started <laughs> refreshing a lot while in school, and I had my other friend who's going to see us start refreshing a lot, and my other friend ended up getting it, and we got our seats for the... 11 o'clock showing on Thursday night, so day one, but it's going to be over at around 2 a.m., and I have class the next day, so yay. <laughs> I'm seeing it Friday night at, I think, 7 or 8. I think 7 o'clock, but yeah, I wanted to get the Thursday showing, but my friends aren't coming till Friday, so bummer. Yeah, for, <laughs> good, luck avoiding, good luck avoiding. Good luck avoiding. Look ahead. The podcast will be delayed uh, by like a day, I guess. Probably just a day, a couple of hours, not even 24 hours, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, it will be delayed slightly, but we'll give our non-spoiler thoughts on the movie. That, that one's, I was just thinking about that. That's going to be hard to give a non-spoiler review. <laughs> yeah, because they haven't shown much footage. Yeah. But, well, that, that brings us right to our next news. Yeah. <laughs> they showed footage uh, with the uh, tickets being on sale. They also released about a minute clip. It's like basically another trailer. We see more footage in this than we've seen in both the trailers, I feel like. More information. A little bit of too much information, I would say. But I guess they... Kevin Feige said... Or Feige or Fiji. Kevin Fuji said... Uh, <laughs> the guy behind the MCU. That they're only going to show the first 15 or so minutes of this movie. That clearly well, <laughs> isn't happening. So then they, the Russo brothers actually said they're only showing the first act and a little bit of the second act but they're not showing any of the third act so it's a three-hour movie so i guess they're showing the first little bits of the first it, two hours it's interesting that it's not anything from the end i guess because you see the uh marvel trinity iron man uh thor and captain america in front of thanos right or you see their legs and you see them pulling up on thanos who's like has blue aurora around him so i was assuming that was probably from the final fight but i guess not no probably probably not i mean i feel as if they're gonna fight thanos more than once i can see the final fight happening on earth even uh, maybe assuming they get everyone back which we all know is probably gonna happen when the snap is reversed would everyone appear where they disappeared because that the if that's the case then peter's gonna appear on another planet alone 
Well, with, I guess, the remaining Guardians, but not on Earth. If they all appear I mean, in the same would... area, I feel like that'd be a little full, because that's literally half the universe. They can all show up in the same area, because like you said, it's half the population like of the galaxy. <laughs> so if they all just showed up on one location on Thanos, I think Thanos is going to get like trampled like it's Black Friday at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're going to get the, oh, all the Avengers are coming out, and the Guardians are all going to come out and, like with the epic post. No, it's going to be like all them everyone you've ever known <laughs> well half of everyone yeah. you've ever known yeah half. half of the planet like it's gonna be a lot of people so i don't know how i feel about that i feel like they're all gonna appear where they disappeared and if that's the case i feel like uh thor the i guess the marvel trinity walking towards thanos is not gonna be the final act definitely not Th- that's that's interesting because just the way it looked like if felt like a final act you know just watching them uh walk up to him apparently it's not but maybe they're just lying to us okay which is interesting okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I also think i mean because when i first saw it i'm like wow that revealed way too much i mean you see tony and cap back together you see tony and pepper back together. like i was like whoa 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 but i think a lot of them are misleads or misdirects so there's i mean i, I don't like to get too much into online theories that overanalyze trailers even though we're analyzing a trailer right now but uh <laughs> They uh they like did behind the scenes pictures and you could see a blue garbage bag like or blue dumpster whatever uh behind Tony and Cap and there were the it's the same dumpster that you could see uh when those pictures were online about them like traveling back to Avengers One where you see like the Cap Captain America Avengers One suit so um they a lot of people think that the do you trust me scene is actually Tony present Tony telling past Cap rather about um do you trust me yeah or i see that i mean i don't know he's wearing his i guess we call it nomad suit his infinity war suit in that scene but they could have just edited that out so it's actually his original well not his original his first not first avenger first avenger movies <laughs> yeah yeah i could see that i mean marvel's known for that remember the civil war trailers they cut out spider-man in a ton of parts so or or even Infinity War. They had Hulk running in Wakanda. That never happened. So Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's some misleads going in uh, to the trailer because I just felt like they revealed so many big scenes. I mean, there's other people who are defending it that say that, oh, they have so many other uh, big scenes planned that that's almost nothing. Like, they could show that in the trailer, so it really doesn't mean anything. So, I don't know. I, I could really believe both sides of it. Yeah, I do too, because, yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of scenes in this movie, and we're going to get a ton of better stuff than what we saw in those trailers. Granted, it would be nice to see Tony and Pepper see each other for the first time in the theater instead of in this little TV spot. It's kind of like how James Wan yeah. was defending how Aquaman showing too much. He's like, oh, but the best parts are still in the movie. Okay, sure, but it would have been nice to see Black Manta versus Aquaman on the big screen for the first time instead of on my phone kind of thing. Yeah, I I think something that um, Shazam did well, even though it's funny because I didn't really care for the trailers, I thought their trailers did a good job of concealing what uh, happened in the movie. For Shazam? Yeah, for Shazam. Like, like I I think back to like BVS, right? They showed the Wonder Woman and the uh, Doomsday and all that stuff in the trailer. Aquaman showed the golden suit in the trailer. Uh, Civil War showed Spider-Man in the trailer. Like, all awesome scenes in their own right. Well, besides Doomsday. Uh, all awesome <laughs> scenes in their own right, but they got shown in the trailer. So it's just like, oh, like, like imagine you were in the uh, theater for Civil War and Tom Holland comes jumping out like, hey, everyone. That would have been so badass. But yeah, like, I mean, it was been. still badass in the trailer, but it would have been cool to see in the theater. So, so that's just like it. Like, for the big scenes, I like to keep them in yeah. the theater because I, I just felt like the um the the past trailer for endgame did a really good job of concealing everything using like flashbacks and stuff like that so i was hoping for that same energy but i had a feeling they'd have to show more so hopefully yeah, it's a of course. and we're probably going to get more footage leading up to it with more tv spots here and there i know there's already a commercial released yesterday of war machine and it's just all the same clips but there's one tiny tiny little three second clip of an explosion going off and War Machine and Rocket being like kind of hit by it. So mm-hmm. we didn't see that before. So I know it's not like a big thing. It's just two superheroes getting hit by something, but it's a new scene. So we're going to get little tidbits of new scenes. I'm just hoping we don't get a full Age of Ultron advertising, which oh, <laughs> spoils so much. 
those that don't know, Age of Ultron showed the entire Iron Man versus Hulk scene on YouTube a month before the movie was out. They just yeah, released the entire much. fight. It was like a six-minute-long video. Then Marvel officially released for some reason, and I watched it for some reason. <laughs> so yeah. Marvel's been known for spoiling a little too much, but I feel like the Russo brothers, they don't have full control over the marketing for this movie, but I think they're, they're really trying to hold back. Did, did you hear that um, Sony won't release the Far From Home, the second Far From Home trailer until Endgame drops? Because yep. apparently it spoils the end of Endgame. Yep, I did. I wonder what, I wonder what that's about. I'm okay. Obviously, we know Spider-Man's back to life because he has a sequel. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it something with dead Tony. Oh, God. It <laughs> could mean, be. Hunt, Hunter is one who believes that Tony's going to live. Yeah, he's definitely he's, living. He's living in a dream world here. I believe Tony will live. I believe Thor will live. I believe Captain America will live. You're bugging to think (laughs) the Trinity's going to live. Like, they're not going to live. All three are going to live. I guarantee it. Oh, God. Tony, prepare to cry in the theater because it's not happening. One of the last (laughs) scenes of the movie, possibly the end credits scene, will be Tony's wedding and Cap will be best man. I'm calling it. I'm not a a betting man, but I would take that bet. I'm (laughs) sure uh, Hero Story... Episode the week before Infinity War, or sorry, Endgame. We'll probably do a a ton of our theories, and I will go more in depth with that. <laughs> okay. Besides that, okay. Uh, the trailer, y- yeah, the trailer showed uh, or the teaser, whatever you call it, Hawkeye with tattoos. Uh, not much Captain Marvel. I guess they're saving her. Besides that, uh, a local comic convention by the name of it's not WonderCon, I don't believe. CinemaCon. Yeah. Uh, They decided, hey, here's like a two-minute clip of the movie. They didn't release this to the public, but the fans watching it, which was a couple hundred, they got to kind of tell the internet what happened. And we got kind of little tidbits of what happened. So basically, they're at Avengers HQ, and the entire team is planning on going to space to take on Thanos. And the scene's kind of described as uh, the whole team kind of not arguing, but being very skeptical skeptical about going to space. They're just like, oh, I don't know about this. We we should, we shouldn't. Like, Bruce, There's even a scene from the Legion teaser where Bruce Banner says, like, we're kind of short on this. And War Machine says, like, what, because all of our friends are dead or something like that. Uh, Captain Marvel is very confident and says that she's taken down huge threats before. She's a, she hasn't seen Thanos, but she's heard of him. And she wants to go take him on immediately. She doesn't want people coming with her. And Black Widow starts being like, no, we do this as a team. Like, we don't do this alone. And Captain Marvel's like, no, we, I could do this. Like, I could take him on. I'll come back. I'll let you know when everything's safe. Um, they also talk briefly about the Infinity Stones saying, if we could get those, maybe one of us could reverse the snap. Uh, they start to kind of argue Captain Marvel really wants to go out and try fighting Thanos alone, but then... Captain America kind of stands up and convinces her by doing a little speech being like, no, we do this as a team. We fight together. And there's a scene where Rocket says, says I'll drive. I have a ship. I, I could drive us all to wherever Thanos is. Has anyone been to space before? And a few characters put up their hands and then he says, just don't throw up in my in my ship. And then they fly off. So that was basically what, the scene, what most people are saying the scene is. So okay. it's a little bit preparation before I feel like Captain Marvel haters are going to use this as a drug just to feel off. <laughs> Captain Marvel not being team player. Well, that's going to make them happy, I'm sure. I mean, that's kind of who she is in the comics, though. I mean, even in the current Avengers run, you read that she's like that. Yeah, kind of. She's not the biggest team player, but I'm sure that'll develop. I mean, assuming Captain Marvel's been alone for the past, like, 20 years in space, like, she hasn't... Her last team betrayed her, so I understand that she's not very trusting of people. I guess you could say. And yeah, it's it's understandable with the character they've built. So I feel like we're going to get a scene where Captain Marvel actually does try to fight Thanos alone, and she's going to get injured badly. She's going to get like beat up bad, and then she's going to go back to the Avengers and be like, "I messed up," and we're going to get some character development, a Captain America maybe inspiring her, being like, "No, we do this as a team." And I feel like that's going to happen. I feel like Captain Marvel is going to get beat up by Thanos. And every team needs their captain. And that's how she gets her name, Captain Marvel. Booyah, Marvel, I'll take my paycheck. All right. I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that actually happening. Does she not get called Captain Marvel in her movie? I can't recall. Nope. 
Oh, that bothers me. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. like I said, uh, and I think we actually talked about this during the Captain Marvel review. In the comics, she gets it from from Captain America. So I think when Steve dies in this movie, she'll Aww. take the name to honor him. He's not Captain die. Marvel. <laughs> She's going to honor her past mentor and Steve. I think her and Steve are going to have a good bond in this movie. I think and, so, too. Uh, he's going he's gonna to inspire her, so... There's also, I don't have the description of the clip in front of me right now, but there's a lot of conversation between Captain Marvel and War Machine. They actually talk briefly in this scene where they're, War Machine... They're a thing in the, or they have been a thing in the comics, right? I think they still are right now. Oh, they but still yeah. are, okay. I know yeah. like in the past they have, I don't know if they still Yeah, are. they, they date in the comics, so I like that, that they're kind of building that up. I feel like War Machine might die in this movie, though. Also, so, it feels like it feels like there's a huge age gap between them. Yeah, there in, is. In movies, at least. It'd be cool to have some interactions before War Machine gets crushed. <laughs> I thought he died in yeah. Infinity War during the whole, like, just before the snap scene where everyone's running in slow motion and Cap, like, holds the gauntlet. Thanos kind of crushes War Machine's armor. And I'm like, oh, God, he just died. I, th- <laughs> I seriously oh, thought he was dead. There's a few scenes at the end of Infinity War where some of them should have been dead. Like when Steve gets literally punched in the face by Thanos, you're telling me he's not like in a crater right now? Come on now. Yeah, well, I mean, Super Soldier, I guess, but the War Machine one really Come on, Super me. Soldier from a punch from Thanos? Come on. Yeah. He should have been like halfway through the Earth's core. I guess it wasn't that big of a punch. <laughs> Spider-Man turning to dust? Come on. Yeah. Uh, besides and that, anyway, anyway, that's pretty much the whole Endgame thing. And like Hunter yeah. said before, Endgame comes out, we'll come out with our theories and I don't know, whatever we think is going to happen. You know, Hunter's living in uh, in a not so much reality if he thinks there ain't going to be a big death in the Trinity. But oh, there, oh, big death, yeah, but not the Trinity. We'll discuss it further when that episode comes out. But that brings us to our next trailer, which came out, which is the Joker trailer. Um. So I got to admit my embarrassment here because, Again. A, I thought the Joker movie should have never happened. And B, I said it wasn't going to happen. When I when it first got announced, I was like, nah, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm wrong. I, I, I'll i happily admit I was wrong. Sometimes sometimes you take an L, right? Yep. You say sometimes you predict with... the Black Adam, or that, um, that Deadshot's not going to happen, and you're right. And sometimes you predict the Joker's not going to happen, and you're wrong. Sometimes it's you okay. say the Venom movie's not happening either, and sometimes you say the Birds of Prey movie isn't happening. <laughs> did I say Ven- did I say Venom wasn't happening? Yeah, I you I- did. On the show, you did. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I took a few L's early in my uh, podcasting career, but it's okay, because we're here now. Joker trailer came out, and it looks creepy. <laughs> it looks good. good. creepy. It, it looks it's weird. It's... I-, I love the tone right off the bat. It-, it gives me the Dark Knight vibes in a good way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I never really think of it uh, that way. It's a very much like a character study film. A lot of people are saying yeah. like Oscar runner up and can't argue with them. It could definitely be an I Oscar mean, runner up. It's just a trailer, but, <laughs> but we'll oh, see. It's going to win uh, the Oscar. <laughs> jo- Joaquin Phoenix, who I've been watching a lot of his movies recently, is easily one of the best actors of this generation and just in each film he takes, I mean, he really dedicates himself to the role. And I, I think we're seeing that in Joker just based on a, you know, two minute trailer. Uh, just, just the, even the small things like facial expressions and uh, little mannerisms, like what his eyes, I don't know. It just, he really like sells it. Yeah. That's a good point. A lot of people are saying he's one of the best actors in Hollywood right now. So I can see it. Oh, I, d- I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. His facial expressions expressions alone really sell the character. And it's really interesting to watch. Like, this like, movie obviously is not canon. It has It's not very much of a source material-like movie. It's a completely different take on the idea. But, but, the I, don't, but I don't think you can make a Joker movie that's based on the source material. Because there is no source material besides Killing Joke, which... I mean, that, that would be like a 20-minute film. Not even a 15-minute film. Scott Snyder, year one. Oh, okay, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So there's two right there. But yeah, you can kind of extend that as well. But yeah, I'm kind of glad they're going a different approach. This is a take on the character. This isn't like the joke. We're not going to see him fight Batman. Like Bruce Wayne's like a child in this movie. Thomas and Martha Wayne are alive in this movie. Takes place in, I believe, 1989. So it's not canon, but it's interesting. It's I'm excited for this. I want to see more movies like this, even though it's not even out yet. Like, like it's good. I, I I think I don't know. 
see, I, I'm kind of conflicted on this. So obviously, I hope it does you know well in the box office if it's good, you know, and I hope it, it inspires uh, more films to take that kind of tone or push to be better. But at the same time, I feel like if this does well, Warner Brothers is going to be like, we need solo movies for all our villains, and then they'll be like Sinestro movie. <laughs> and it's like, I no, would love a Sinestro style. movie. <laughs> that would I be mean, so yeah, good. as a comic fan. I, as a comic fan, I would love a Sinestro movie too. But realistically, like that's not meant for a wider audience. Yeah, true. I feel like a better example would be like what Sony's doing. Oh, Venom was good. It was successful. Well, it wasn't Morpheus. Good, it was... Oh god. Yeah, we're we're gonna make a Morpheus movie. You know that character that was in. Yeah, so that's, so that's like if if Joker makes eight hundred million dollars, they're like, wait, you liked Joker? Let's do a Man Bat movie. Yeah, we don't want a Man <laughs> Bat movie. No, like turning into a bat. <laughs> no, we don't want that. We like. Sinestro? Sure, why not? Uh, I can't think of any other good examples, but Sinestro, sure. <laughs> Reverse Flash? Okay. Hunter Zolomon? Maybe? I, don't know. I, just, I, I just hope, like, if this does well, Warner Brothers kind of like, alright, yeah, it did well, but we don't need to spin, you know, a million spinoffs from this. Let it be its own thing. Let it be creative. Let it be original. Yeah, like, yeah. we should focus on the superheroes with the supervillains in them. Think of it like comics today. There are three series about villains. The rest are all heroes. And those three series are Deathstroke, Venom, and Thanos. Those are, I guess, the three. Deathstroke, Deathstroke is like kind of 50-50. Like he's really just a mercenary. So Yeah, but he's then, not a hero. So these are like three. And even, Ven- even, even Venom's kind of an anti-hero. So there's really like not that many villain series. It's hard to write a villain to make you want to cheer for them. I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, but that's some of the best villain writing, and I feel like that's what we're going to feel for Joker in this movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he I gets, feel like... Uh, yeah, go on. You know, even even like a two-minute trailer, you see him being broken by society. Uh, there's been a lot of society memes, but, but you see him being broken by society, and just like he starts at like an up-paced guy, and just little things that happen to him and society gets to him and he starts going down and down and down and you just you you can feel his character you changing in a two-minute trailer that's why like yeah in a you movie, feel bad I'm for like, him. oh man it's gonna be awesome <laughs> there's even a scene where he's writing down jokes and you see uh the writing gets messier and messier and the last one is something like the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to act like you don't and it's like yeah. extremely messy writing it's like damn that that's deep <laughs> yeah i know that's real this is like, like obviously, Endgame is gonna be like, yeah, you know, it's all been built like this. But Joker is low key my most anticipated movie of 2019. Like, from a film, from a film buff perspective, and I'm not even a huge film buff, but like, I, I like those kind of old school films that are like character studies like that. I, or at least I think some of them can be good. And to see one based on a comic book character is interesting. Yeah, it's hard to compare Joker with Endgame because they're completely different movies, and they're both have like hype to them. For completely different reasons. I'm ready to see Avengers Endgame. And I'm excited to like jump in my seat and freak out and cry and laugh. But I'm excited to see Joker just to think about society. <laughs> I mean, I want, I want Joker to like mess with my mind. Like, like I think how you felt after seeing Us, right? Like it really made you think. And yeah, like yeah. it left you with, with a million questions in your head leaving the theater. So that's what I want after Joker. Like I want it to be thought provoking and really make me like think like, wow. And then on a second view. I still wanted to be wow. <laughs> yeah, like Endgame, I want there to be end credit scenes. Joker, no. No need for end credit scenes. I want it to be like a solo movie, no sequel kind of thing. Yeah, if, if we get like the last scene of him, like with the iconic killing joke pose where he's got like the two hands in the hair, you know, the one I'm talking about with the ha ha ha. Oh, yeah, yeah. With like Joaquin's laugh, that would be that would be a perfect ending to me. Maybe in like, Arkham. The, 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 the descent to madness after being abused by society but uh, no i really think it's cool and i and i love joaquin's laugh already just based on what we got in the trailer and i don't know if you heard um if you saw one of like the behind the scenes like people went to where they were shooting the film and recorded it you could hear the laugh it it's it's almost like hamill in a way like it's that good it's the closest to hamill that we've gotten for live action jokers like i feel like Heath Ledger was a little close, but he laughed like twice in The Dark Knight. Yeah, I, I would say probably the closest right now in live action is the guy on Gotham, Jerome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
That's but in movie wise, yeah, I guess Ledger for like two laughs. Nicholson kind of just laughs like Jack Nicholson, <laughs> which is cool. Cesar Romero, even though he's like from the '60s, he actually has a kind of cool laugh. Yeah, it's classic. And then Jared Leto is you take ah, wallet. Wow. Yeah, he sounds like a penguin. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's not good. He was uh, he's apparently going to be in Birds fun, of Prey. Fun though. fact: I haven't seen Suicide Squad since 2016, since I saw it in theaters. And the other day, I turned on my TV and it was on, and it was the scene where um, the heli- like Joker comes in on the helicopter, yeah. and he's like shooting machine gun. He goes, wah, 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 and I just turned it off. I was like, oh god, <laughs> like I can't even finish this. Yeah, I think I've seen Suicide Squad twice. I saw it in theaters once, and I saw it when it first came out. And yeah, I haven't. I just refused to watch it since. <laughs> Yeah, I just have no interest in watching it again. But yeah, that's a little off topic. Uh, but yeah, that's another piece of news. Jared Leto possibly back as the Joker. So Birds of Prey behind the scenes pictures show the Joker throwing stuff out the window at Harley Quinn uh, for like basically kicking her out of the place. Now the face is covered, kind of looks like Jared, but also could just be like some you know stunt guy, like just a regular guy. Granted, so, yeah, I really he's don't filming, know. He's filming Morpheus, Morpheus right now, the living vampire. Yeah. And he has long hair in that movie, at least from the set pictures so far. However, the day that set picture was released, that morning, before they were released, Jared Leto posted on a Snapchat just a black screen with a clown emoji. So... To be honest, I feel like he's messing with us. Like, remember how when um, there were like really heavy rumors that Army Hammer was Green Lantern? Like, everyone thought it. Like, his Instagram comments were crazy. And then he kept teasing that he was Green Lantern, even though he really wasn't. He was just messing with fans. I feel like it's like that. Yeah, it's just like, what's your favorite color? Mine's green and just like a green filter. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But Army Hammer's not doing that for Batman, so maybe he's a Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Batman. They want a 20-year-old. I'm 20. But yeah. <laughs> wow, try out to be Batman. Yeah, All you gotta okay. do is shave. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can do the stubble look at least. Sure. Uh, but that's about it for our live action news. This Joker looks cool. Endgame looks cool. 2019 is going to be a good year of superhero movies. But I think, like, looking ahead, 2020 is not going to be. Like, looking at the movies of 2020, for DC, you got Wonder WW84 Woman. and yeah. Birds of Prey, right? So, Wonder Woman, all right, cool. Birds of Prey, eh, not really looking forward to. Uh, for MCU, you only have two, Black Widow and The Eternals, neither of which I'm looking forward to, to be honest. The Eternals um, might be getting delayed and replaced with Doctor Strange 2, though, according to rumors. Oh, that would be better. Um, Granted, we have we have Sony is putting out oh yeah Morpheus two and Morpheus Morpheus and Venom two. Yeah, and (laughs) that one won't be getting a sequel. New Mutants maybe. Apparently, it's coming out this year. Disney has released a statement of all their movies coming out, including Fox property, and New Mutants was on that list for 2019. So. Maybe. Oh. Although the actress who plays one of the characters in this, she plays Arya Stark in Game of Thrones. She says she has no idea if that movie's even coming out. So interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I think like especially compared to 2019, 2020 looks like such a weak year of superhero movies. So yeah, we say that, but yeah. Comic Con in June or July, San Diego Comic Con, they're probably going to announce Phase Four for the MCU, and there might be a movie in there for 2020 that we don't know of. So. That's true. That's true. Black Panther 2, maybe. Or just uh, another superhero Fantastic Four, please. <laughs> Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> but anyway, that that's our uh that's our news of the week uh for live action news. Quickly for comic news, uh Tom King and artist Tony S. Daniel confirmed that the City of Bane arc will be eight issues. So yay, we get to see an entire issue of Bane and Batman hitting each other going, oof. Uh. Because uh, Tom King has the most brilliant scripts in comics. Yeah. Starting at Batman King, number 75, we're going to get eight issues of Bane taking over Gotham, I guess. I yeah. hope the cover's misleading because the cover shows a lot of villains, including Joker. I'm like, don't put Joker in the story, Tom King. Don't. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so I'm hoping uh, that cover's misleading. And I think that's it for the comic news that I could think of. Um, Off the top of my head. More Realms has a ton of tie-ins. So that's happening. Eh? It's bad. Yeah. Besides that, yeah, I, I guess uh, Bendis is probably writing another hundred series. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Leviton charges. All right. Let's, let's get to the comics of the week then. Welcome to the, I think that's pretty much 20, 30. Mark. It's 30 minutes. Wow. That was long. 
It's pretty much news. 30, Mark, unless um, we just delay it for 10 seconds here. How are you today? <laughs> uh, where we talk about the comics of the week. Um, so we'll start with our cover of the week and our pick of the week, which we haven't been doing in a while, but I just remembered it. Uh, my cover of the week is Captain America number nine. That is like a beautiful Alex Ross cover. Uh, we talked about it, I think, like last month when we saw the tease of it. But man, this is so pretty in my hand. And my pick of the week is... Uh, I want to say Justice League 21, but I could also say Captain America number nine. What about you? What's your pick of the week and cover of the week? Cover of the week, Captain America as well. Alex Ross is a great artist. He's kind of been doing this theme with a few covers where he has like Steve Rogers and then a line going through the page. And on the other side of the line, it's Steve Rogers in his Captain America suit, which is really cool. So this is one of those covers there. He's punching a guy in jail and yeah. My pick of the week is Justice League number 21. Okay. Yeah, Justice League was good. I'm, I'm a little torn. Nothing was like very standout, but they were yeah, pretty good. Yeah, last week we uh, had so like we'll start in Crisis. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had like a big comics week. But yeah, we'll start with Justice League number 21 because it's probably one of our bigger comics. Uh, in the sixth dimension, Superman fighting future Superman, quote unquote future Superman. Uh, and future Superman is owning him. Like he's smiling during the fight and he knows there's no point of fighting. Uh, he stops Superman's punch with a finger. Then he twists his wrists and knocks Superman down into the ground. He tells Superman that he can't escape. Uh, he's running out of energy because there's no yellow sun there, so he's slowly degrading. And uh, he said, if you try to make one more jump, you'll be dead. So don't try it. Uh, so, yeah, looking a little hopeless for Superman. Yep. Uh, Batman is with Batman. Bat, uh, Dick <laughs> future Bruce is with the, Gotham the Future City. Batman, future yeah, Batman Dick is Dick Grayson. Grayson. <laughs> That's a mouthful. I love, I love these two pages here. You want to talk? in them as characters yeah sure batman or bruce who are you or me oh, oh that whoa. wow that's <laughs> I, you know technically I'll, i'm not wrong dick or bruce I'll, I'll, I'll be dick okay i'll be bruce so basically dick grayson and bruce wayne or future dick grayson and bruce wayne they're in gotham city they're having tea and they're just bruce has so many questions for dick grayson about the future of gotham city and they're outside a place called pennyworth home which is like a little mental hospital seems like yeah very nice <clears throat> Uh, you t- uh, your dick, so you talk first. Actually, you talk first. It's on the past page. No. <laughs> just... if, you have, if you have Justice League with you, open up and listen to us. If not, uh, just listen to us and imagine. So, Batman starts off by saying, or Bruce Wayne, I mean, Gotham was a place surrounded by darkness. But now it's full of light. I just wish Alfred could have seen it. Dick, what happened to him? He passed just after the war. Old age, but it was quick painless we were all there in his final moments he thought he saw you in the room with us he just kept saying how sorry he was he couldn't heal you one last time he said it's it's all i ever wanted to do master bruce he said to heal you which is why we did this tore down arkham and created the pennyworth home a place for heal for real healing barbara does a lot of work with the with the folks here and the others well tim works for the city damien is on global patrol with jonathan Duke works with the kids here. Jason, he, well, he's him. <laughs> this place, I, I know it must feel strange, but... That's just it. It does feel strange. I mean, it should feel strange, Dick, but you know what? It doesn't. All my life, I've tried to keep Gotham safe. The nights I succeeded, right at dawn, this, this feeling would come over me. It's called peace, Bruce. It wasn't, though, because I knew it wouldn't last. By the time I reached the cave, it was already gone. But this place, this feeling, is lasting. And it it feels good. Hell, even this tea's good. Tea. How many years did Alfred try to get me into this teas? Remember? All the bass-shaped tea bags, his WWBD mugs, and every flavor was called... Justice. Just so you would drink it. <laughs> That's right. I'm so relieved you're so happy, Bruce. Listen, the thing is, to get here, hard choices are going to have to be made. And I'm ready for the... And then he gets interrupted by Martian Manhunter talking in Bruce's mind, saying, Bruce, you must come with me. Psychic boardroom. And then this is something we saw on the first issue of Justice League and we haven't seen since. It's basically a round table, six chairs, but room for more. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Justice League reference. Uh, they're basically Flashbacks. at a round table. It's Martian Manhunter, Hawk Girl, 
Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, and Jon Stewart Green Lantern, as well as Martian Manhunter and Hot Girl's Future Child. So, a little recap from last issue, it ended with Martian Manhunter and Hawk Girl being warned by their future child that this place is not what it seems, and now they get there. You want to recap this part? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Martian Manhunter is trying to warn the League, now that they're all together, that this place is not so good. Uh, their child is trying to explain it, but uh, Bruce and Diana want them to like, slow down because they're not really making any sense. And uh, right, right as the kid tries to explain, he talks about uh, Superman. He tries he tries to explain about Superman, and everyone's kind of just skeptical, uh, Flash and Green Lantern included. And right as he's trying to explain, uh, he says, let me, let me psychic like psychically link up with you so I could just show you. And when he tries to do that yellow, I'm uh, sorry, uh, pink lightning flies all around yeah, pink. And, uh, he's not able to show them the truth because future Superman comes in and future Superman says, I'll show them the truth. Uh, so he shows them the truth. And the truth is that he is not future Superman. Dun, dun, dun. He is the brother of the monitor and the anti monitor daughter. I mean, sorry, daughter, son of perpetua, <laughs> the world forager. And the multiverse is his masterpiece. So uh, while that's happening, Mr. Mi- uh, Mixie is fighting Mera and Starman and Jaro. On Earth. Uh, Jaro, Jaro has to have at least one good uh, one, one-liner about Batman. And uh, he says, mix a flick more like bleep on a stick, flick, ha, that'll love. And then Starman's like, Jaro, come on, stop working on one-liners and help us. And Jaro's like, one-liners? Pfft. Whatever, I'm on it. Never sent a star man to do a starfish's job. Heh, saving that for later. <laughs> and he uh, helps and he goes on uh, Mixie and he finds out that Mixie is kind of unstoppable because he's erasing everything in existence. And we get a beautiful page actually of uh, basically the city being undrawn. Like you see the pencils and uh, like a literal pencil. <laughs> yeah, breaking. Uh, then we go back the to the wall, world. which makes sense because Mixie Pilladic. Mixie, as JD says. Uh, he's, it's much easier. He is an imp from the fourth dimension that could basically do m- create and uncreate anything. That's his gimmick. He was one of Superman's first villains, so it was a kind of a weird time for comics when he was created, and I guess DC still likes to use him. So, Mixie yeah, basically. Yep. Uh, so, the World Forager explains that the only way out of the war of... Uh, justice and doom is his reality where he changes the earth. He gets rid of all the bad people and uh, he takes them prisoner actually. And then John asks how many, and he says trillions more than half the universe, uh, half the multiverse. They know so much. So, so he locks them away and they're like, Oh, this is a nightmare. He's like, I made a nightmare. No, 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 no. You guys ruined my multiverse that I built. And, uh, He's really mad at them for breaking the source wall because it let out Perpetua. So we've re- they've really been hyping up how powerful Perpetua truly is, uh, basically throughout this whole series. Yeah, what we haven't seen her do anything. Like, for the past month, Perpetua's just been the Legion of Doom's lava lamp, and we haven't seen her, like, move. So, yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, we're still waiting to see her do something. But, yeah, until then, oh well. So basically... Yeah, so basically the League has a back and forth about what they should do, and the World Forger tries to explain to them that this is really the only reality you could have where you guys win. If you guys don't win, then it turns out catastrophic for the multiverse. So, uh, And then they have a- almost like uh, a vote on what they would do. But the thing and, is, yeah, they, uh, they have to realize that if they decide to have this perfect reality, that means like every single villain would die or disappear or they have no idea what will happen to the people well well yeah yeah well they find out what's going to happen to the people because they get like yeah yeah uh, they will basically over to a new apocalypse or which at least something that looks like apocalypse but it's like i think they describe it as a hundred times bigger than the apocalypse yeah so they kind of vote in their minds and we don't really know what they say they vote out loud at first and they all say they would do it, except for Batman saying he wouldn't. And then they're all just like, okay, yeah, let's vote on our minds. And the World Forger kind of hesitates and says, so be it. You will regret this and teleports them to New Apocalypse, I guess. Bigger version of Apocalypse, which is Darkseid's planet. Yeah. Yeah, and here all the villains are kept in, like, little cages. Uh, some people you could see. You could see Bane, Captain Cold. Uh, 
That was about all I could make out. Um, Amazo. Oh, Amazo, yeah. Uh, so they're in big trouble. An army of robots comes and comes to destroy them. And their leader, or not even robots, just like people that are in like flight suits. And uh, their leader comes off and they say, who the hell are you? And she says, who the hell am I? I'm Lois Lane and I run this place. Dun, dun, dun. Running the prison on apocalypse. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting indeed. Issue. I mean, it's a few, it's like a different reality. So I dig it. If it was just like the actual future, I'd be like, eh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I love. I guess the, in a world without Superman, that's what she turns to. Yeah. I love the art in this. Like, it's really, really good. George Jims is a great artist, especially the scene where they actually teleport to New Apocalypse. I think that's a great scene. How they're standing yeah. in a circle and just this blue light emitting them as they enter the red light and they're all in, like, battle poses. It's like, damn, that's like original Avengers movie style. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this issue was pretty good, and I really love that scene with Dick and Bruce. I thought that was... Me too. Uh, one not only one of the best scenes of this issue, one of the best scenes of the series. Um, it, it was really nice to see Bruce talk it over with his legacy and Bruce happy for once, which is, you know, with Tom King's run going on, that's not something we see too often. And with uh, Nightwing being uh, Rick Grayson, we haven't seen Dick Grayson be Dick Grayson in a long time. I know this is future him, but he still acts like Dick Grayson. It's nice to see the Bat Family mentioned, too, because we don't see them all together or even mention each other much in the comics. Red and the Outlaws tend to mention Dick Grayson a lot and Bruce a lot, but that's about it. So, like, Tim mentions uh, Robin, he mentions The Signal, he mentions uh, Red Hood, he mentions Robin again, if you count Damien and Tim as one. He even mentions John, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It's like, damn, Scott Snyder mentioning the Bat Family, that's good. And I guess he did use the Bat Family a few times in his Batman run, but it's just so nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something that, I mean, I think we talked about in our little Batman rant. That's something we want. First of all, a happy Bruce, like when he's not, when he doesn't have to be Batman, when he doesn't have the uh, curse of being Batman, he could be happy, and he is happy here. I mean, he even kind of cracks a smile in a way, just sitting there drinking tea with Dick and knowing that Gotham will be a better place. I mean, it's nice. I like it. It's very nice, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like it's a great change of pace, in my opinion. Yeah, good job, Scott Snyder. And besides that, the the whole round tables, table scene, the mine round table, I love that concept. I wish it was used more, and I guess we're going to get that more. It was used in Justice League number one by Scott Snyder, and now 21 issues later, it's being used again, and it's good. There's even one panel which with Jon Stewart and The Flash just sitting next to each other, and just the art's so good, and seeing The Flash and Green Lantern side by side, it's, it's a nice feeling. I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although what do you rate the issue? Uh, I give it like a 8.5 or 9. Yeah, I'm going to go 8.5. I like it, and I'm curious to see where it goes on New Apocalypse, and yeah. Me too. All right, uh, let's do Young Justice number four next. You want to recap this one? Sure. Um, this issue kind of goes back and forth between flashbacks and current time. So when yeah, we left get, off... It's a little confusing at times, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. So try to recap as best as I can. When we left off, Young Justice, uh, which is like Tim Drake as Robin, Connor as Superboy, Cassie as Wonder Girl, Bart as Impulse, and some new characters... Uh, they're on Amethyst World, which is a new character who's like a princess warrior with pink hair. Start off, she's been kidnapped, as we saw last issue. She's in a prison with, uh, with Teen Lantern, one of Bendis' new characters that we don't know much about. Jonah Hex's great-granddaughter, another new character. Robin and Wonder Girl. And they're kind of stuck in prison. Then we get a flashback to, uh, her kind of assaulting a wedding. And acting very mad, being like, oh, you're trying to order me to leave? Well, I'm going to fight you guys. And it's very out of context. It's hard to understand what's happening. Cut to earlier yeah. than that. And there's a board meeting. And she has some good lines here, Amethyst, where she talks about how we shouldn't fight for a world that's livable. We should fight for a world that's livable and makes us happy. How can you live in a world and be satisfied if you're not happy? We should all be like fighting to live happily, which is like should be everyone's goal in life. And... Seems like this world's just trying to survive instead of survive with happiness. And Amethyst wants to propose, like, how about we try to do things that make us, make us happy as well? And then she kind of gives up and leaves and then overhears uh, the council talking about how 
she should be sent back to Earth because apparently that's where she's from. How did she get to this world? We don't know. How did she get her powers? We don't know. It's a lot of, uh, like Ben has said, a lot of questions that will be answered one day, but not today. Cut to uh, the farm, which is where uh, Bart Allen and Connor Kent first met up. Same planet, this uh, sapphire planet. Bart has a lot of questions because Connor Kent now has a little bit of facial hair, a wife, and a child. And Bart is super confused. He's like, oh man, you gotta you gotta tell me everything. He's talking really fast to his wife and Connor's wife has no idea who this guy is. And he's just very hyped and he's kind of annoying the guards a bit. And then these guards are there kind of yelling at Connor and Connor gets annoyed. So he one punches, one punch. That's a reference to one punch, man. He punches the guard, knocking all his armor off and... Uh, then uh, Bart gets super hyped, and yeah, not much happens there. It's just basically Connor and Bart kind of just talking to each other. It's, it's it's some sweet moments though between them, and you really feel yeah. They were really like our third best friends, I think he says. Yeah, he does say third best friends, and they talk about it. And Bart mentions that Young Justice is back, and Connor's like, "Young Justice, wait, who exactly was with you when you came here?" And then cut back to the prison, and robin's trying to find a way to get out of the prison and uh they kind of arrived in this planet on a truck that uh jonah hex's great great granddaughter was driving and what's her name again do you remember jenny hex yeah jenny hex and she kind of warns them that like the truck i was driving has some weird stuff in the trunk that's like from another planet that could really kill people and you see one of the guards open up one of the chests and they all get like disintegrated it seems confirms that it can kill people and then robin's just like okay hey, uh that's kind of odd and then he starts to try to think of a plan to get out of there before superboy shows up and with bart and he kind of like opens up the prison for them all and cassie and robin and all the rest are free and we get a nice panel of the core four all together again hugging each other so that's uh the core four is a team that we all missed of tim drake bart allen or I'm saying this wrong. Tim Drake, Connor, Kent, Bart Allen, and Cassie Satsmark. Which is like, we haven't yep. seen these together since, I think, 2010? 2009? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, the, um... I don't know if it was the Teen Titans uh, 2003 series that, like, they had the panel of them all hugging, drawn by Francis Monopole, or if it was the Red Robin series, but 2010 about. It's been about 10 years since these characters have been together. So they're finally which back. Which is crazy. Yeah. Finally back. They get ready to go. And then another flashback to Amethyst at her castle talking what seems to be her sister, I think. I assume that's her sister or yeah. her best friend. And then some weird time stuff starts happening basically into the Spider-Verse where the whole like city kind of goes... That kind of happens to the <laughs> castle here. <laughs> and it kind of basically into the Spider-Verse where different things are in different places and in this castle and... They just and so Amethyst decides to go inside the castle. She her sword glows like a torch, which is kind of cool. And she's like, "Who's there?" And then Robin's there, Tim Drake, and she's like, "I have that's one question. I have a few more questions. So like, what are you doing in the house of Amethyst?" The end. Wholly confusing. This issue was all over the place. I don't know why they couldn't just start from scratch instead of all these flashbacks. But it's hard to recap. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I chose you to recap it. When I was reading it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make Hunter recap this, this one on the podcast. Is, that was hard. There's yep. a lot going on and a lot of questions. See, that are, see people, people, the listeners think I'm not good at recapping. It's not as easy as it looks, even when you have the issue right in front of you. Do people ha, say ha. you're not good at recapping? I mean, I have no idea. It's not like there's like a Reddit for us, but I imagine <laughs> they do. Sometimes I really struggle with recapping. It's tough sometimes. Yeah, usually you're the recapper, but that was... Ugh. That was a doozy. Yeah. Uh, but Young Justice 4, it's, it, it's good. It has its moments, but ultimately it's a setup for basically the politics of Gem World. It, it's kind of like how I think a lot of people view the Star Wars prequels. Like, yeah, it's badass when we get the Jedi stuff, but nobody really gives a shit about the uh, like the politics of the Republic. Excuse my language, of course. Um, <laughs> but no, no, nobody cares about like the politics of the Republic. It's like this, like... And does anybody really care about the politics of the gem world? We want to see the core four, baby. Yeah, like it's important to have that, but when the core four is back, let's see them together instead of like Bendis' original world. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's not bad. No, it's, it's an enjoyable issue. It has its moments, but overall I think it's kind of just okay because A, it's confusing, and B, it's like I'm not invested in the gem world. Like I don't care. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, it's okay. All in all, I give it like a 6.5 or 7. Yeah, I go 6.5. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see the core 4 back, but yeah, besides that, man. Yeah. Green Lantern? All right, let's jump to Green Lantern. The Green Lantern number 6. This one's going to be a little tough to recap, too. Good luck. Uh, So So Hal Jordan is with the Dark Stars, right? Dark Stars, not Black Star. Yep. Black Star was the thing from Hall and Palace. These are the Dark Stars. He joins them. We find we found out last issue that he's undercover for the Green Lanterns, but he has to do anything to not blow his cover, uh, which could include death, actually, which we yeah, found so out later this issue. Yeah, uh, Hal Jordan's no longer a Green Lantern. He is doing a mission for the Green Lantern Corps where he has to pose as a Dark Star, which is basically like assassins yeah. of space. Yeah. Uh, they catch Adam Strange and they want Hal to execute him, but Hal wants to give him a fair opportunity, obviously not kill him. So he wants like uh, almost like a Wild West showdown, like a uh, they walk 10 steps and shoot each other. I don't know if that's got a name. Showdown? Yeah. Shoot off? Yeah, shoot, shoot off, off, I guess. Shoot off. It's but like any, anyway, style. Um, Adam is like trying to reason with him. He's like, Jordan, what's wrong with you? Hal, come on, for God's sake, you know me. And uh, then he's like, fine, you want to fight? We'll fight. And Hal has like, the, the art is beautiful here. Uh, Liam Sharp really does a great job with the expression of Hal's face, just like o- almost like remorse. Uh, yeah. He uh, On 10, he turns around and he shoots Adam Strange, like right in the gut. And I, I absolutely am panels here. Great job by editorial art, whoever the hell like organized this. This is awesome. So Hal shoots. Uh, we see Adam Strange get hit. We see like a close-up of his face. We see a close-up of Hal's face. We see him uh, strange dropping the gun, his eyes almost rolling behind his head as he falls to the ground, like to his knees and then to the ground. And just, oh, man, it's, it's so so well done. It's so beautiful. Ugh. Yeah, I'm a sucker is. for that kind of art. It's very animated, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they find out uh, that, oh, I'm sorry, Adam's wife is like, oh, my God, Adam, Adam, is he okay? Uh, they put him in this thing to basically preserve his organs, so they're gonna take him back to like uh, do an autopsy on him, I guess. Yeah, because he's like uh, a, he's basically a meta. Well, he is a metahuman, so. Yeah, uh, the the black stars don't really trust Hal still, and he's like, "What? Like, what do I have to do? I I literally just shot somebody I know," and uh, they're like, "Come on, come with us. They, you got to go see Mew, which is like their leader." Uh, when they go to the leader, the leader has the Green Lantern ring, and he wants to know more about it, like why it's alive and resistant, and if it's booby-trapped. And Hal doesn't really know much about it. It's Guardian technology, and it's tricky and stubborn, just like the Guardians are sometimes. Uh, it's his technology because he made his own ring, but <clears throat> maybe Morrison doesn't Continuity errors piss off Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out that Adam Strange is still alive, that uh, Hal only put him in a coma. He faked his death. So good old Hal. I don't know how he did that, but good old Hal. <laughs> um, let's see what happens here. Uh, Mew just kind of grills Hal Jordan and questions him. And uh, they talk about the U-bomb, which is the way they describe it is like a huge bomb that could almost like take out the galaxy, I guess. Yeah. It and they have, like they have it with in a way. Yeah. But like, like a wide range, like for the galaxy nuke and they have it in Adam Strange's daughter's hands, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, but Adam Strange comes running out and he says, stay away from my daughter, you space bastard. So cool. Uh, Hal says, don't, don't shoot the monster, Adam monster. And um, yeah, Moo Mew is the controller. And uh, I don't know. I was kind of just like, whatever's happening here. Uh, Adam Strange, <laughs> his wife shoots off somebody his head I, I don't i don't know this is where grant morrison loses me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you're like I, I, I don't know and then the guardian recapping recapping is hard okay especially on a grant morrison book <laughs> the guardians um, of the greenland decor message out jordan being like whatever it takes jordan including your life disarm the u-bomb we're diverting all the power you need for the central battery reserves disarm the u-bomb Total annihilation, total annihilation, total annihilation. And then Hal gets mad. Lucky for you. 
I have a better idea. Um, I'm sure you're mad that all the Guardians look the same because I know that was a pet peeve of yours and one of the other issues. I feel so. like I'm Morrison's like, hey, I'll do a Green Lantern story. By the way, I've never read a Green Lantern comic in my life, so just bear with me here. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, you know John's Green Lantern? I've never read it. <laughs> never read uh, How uh, House? No, never read it. But I'm going to write Green Lantern uh, now, and because my name is Graham Morrison, DC's going to give it to me. Seriously, none, yeah, of this, none of this stuff from Helen Powell's happen i feel like in this book remember when he remember when he kissed carol in the in the last issue of Hallen pals and we thought they were going to be happy yeah what, what happened with that he yeah, just woke up with carol a random girl hasn't even been mentioned number one yeah uh, anyway adam is with his family and hal is gone and they do some cool shots of space and the green lantern ring falling and then we're on like a very green planet where hal jordan asks some guy who uh, uh his name is M- M- merwidden I think it's an imp. Merwitted. Like Mixagolidic? Okay. It kind of looks like one. Yeah, yeah it kind of looks like one. He's got, he has like a fancy uh, feather hat, and uh, he's kind of small and really gross looking, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, he talks to Hal, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of where the issue ended. Um, Grant Morrison's a little confusing sometimes. I won't, I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool art. It's very classic, but honestly... <sighs> I don't really like Grant Morrison's Green Lantern run so far. So far, yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I mean, there's been moments that I thought are cool. I thought the art has been amazing throughout. Sharp has done a great job. But writing-wise, I think it's very confusing. It's and very all over the place. If somebody was a new reader like, and they just wanted to read Green Lantern, they'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> We're it, old readers, very... and I'm like, what the heck? And and something we talked about before the Green Lantern run started is there has not been a bad Green Lantern run dating back to like the nineties, which is rare for a series in DC. Yeah. Usually series have their ups and downs. I mean, you have the Kyle Rayner run, which is great in its own right. You have the the two thousand five Jeff Johns Green Lantern run, which is one of not only the best Green Lantern run, but one of the best Green Lantern run uh one of the best comic runs of all time. Then you have the new fifty two run, which is very solid. Yeah, it's one of the only series that didn't really be like, oh, hey, DC's like, hey, we're doing a reboot, and the new 52 series is like, no, we're not. And it just continued yeah, after yeah, where it left off after yeah. Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it got picked after Jeff Johns left, Robert Venditti came on, who did a really great job. And then he continued favorite. in Rebirth with, yeah, he, he uh, continued in Rebirth with Hal and Pals, and then even Green Lanterns, which I haven't read, but I, I really plan to. Like it's it's on my list. It's coming one of these. The Green days. Lanterns, yeah, with Jessica Cruz and Simon Bass. It's really good. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like a gr- the greatest Green Lantern series. It's one of the greatest superhero series. Like there are better Green Lantern stories, but there's not much better character development than in the Green Lantern or just Green Lanterns. It's it's such yeah. a good story about two heroes on Earth. Green Lanterns on Earth. It's yeah. so good. But, so you date back to the 90s and you haven't had a bad Green Lantern series. To have something that's shaky now is just foreign to us. I mean, our whole lifetime, Green Lantern has been good, you know? <laughs> yeah, since I was born, Green Lantern has been good. I guess that's a good point. But Graham Morrison, I mean, it's not bad. It's just kind of confusing. I think it would be better in trade. It's just, it's so all over the place. The last issue. Even even in trade, I think it would be confusing. Yeah, I feel like none of the point. issues connect. They all feel like they're their own series. Because remember last issue, how Jordan was fighting vampires in a maze. Like, what? What does it have to do with Adam Strange? <laughs> and then issue before that, what happened? He was disguised with a beard. And the issue before that, he was just like... He killed a guy? He killed a guy, yeah. It's like, what? Is going? I mean, we all thought that kill was like a fake out. But no, apparently he actually murdered a guy. <sighs> Don't do this, Grant Morrison. Put Robert Venditti back. <laughs> Give us back. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, a lot of Robert Venditti, I mean, sorry, a lot of Grant Morrison series are fairly confusing. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read much Grant Morrison. It's probably the average comic fan, but. Final Crisis, Action Comics, New 52. I didn't read Action Comics. It's it's confusing and not that good. I mean, I I know my friend Jay Comic Prince will not like me for that because he loves that series, but not a fan. Sorry, Jay. Um, <laughs> but even JLA ninety seven, I think there's like a lot of confusion. I think Grant just like it's just his style kind of confusing confusion. So I don't yeah. know. It's 
I don't. I really don't know what to think of it. I want to like Green Lantern, but so I'm far, not I'm gonna like, drop Neh. it. I'm not dropping it. No, Green- no, yeah, I'm gonna keep reading it. But ever, ever since I got into comics, I've always been reading Green Lantern, Justice League, and Batman. Those were my first, and Flash. Those were my first four series. And I can't see myself ever dropping these series, even if they get bad. So I don't know how Jordan's Batman, Superman, Flash, and Green Lantern. Uh, Batman, Justice League, Flash, Green Lantern. Oh, Justice League. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just I'd also put Superman on there post twenty sixteen. Yeah, I started reading Superman near the end of New Fifty Two, so not when I first got into comics. But I don't know Green Lantern. Hal Jordan's my favorite Lantern. He's one of my favorites. He's like top three favorite superheroes ever. Hal Jordan. So I want to read more as much as I can of Hal, but I'm not liking him in this run. <laughs> I don't know. He yeah, seems like I don't know. I just I feel like Grant Morrison would have been better off if John Stewart was the lead of this book. Or even Kyle Rayner, because he's comfortable reading uh, writing Kyle Rayner from JLA 97. So. Oh, that's a good point. I, yeah. I mean, I, even in the interview where he talks about the series, Grant Morrison, he says that Hal was never his lantern. Uh, when he was a writer, Kyle was the big lantern. So he wrote a lot. Kyle, he didn't really know about Hal. Like, about writing Hal, rather. Yeah, wasn't Hal dead when he first started writing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know what he wrote before JLA 97, but in JLA 97, you know, Kyle was the main man, so... Yeah, I just say John would have been a better choice here because this book's very serious. And Hal mm-hmm. Jordan is serious, sure, but he's also a little hot-headed. He's kind of sassy in it, a way. It would have he... been cool. It would have been cool to get two Green Lantern titles where one is about the corpse and then one uh core rather than one is about the you know, a John Stewart type, something that you don't get every day. And especially John Stewart's a character who we don't really know enough about him to think he's cool, like Anybody who says Jon Stewart is their favorite Green Lantern or they like animated him series. is really just talking because the animated series. Like, if you read him in comics, he's kind of lame. <laughs> they, Robert Venditti so made him interesting. Robert Venditti made him interesting by making him the leader of the Green Lantern Corps, which is awesome. But besides that, like, Jon Stewart... Yeah. I'd read a Jon Stewart stole, solo title, but I'd read a Kyle Rayner solo. I'd read a Hal Jordan, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, Guy Gar- I'd read any Green Lantern solo title. Yeah. So. I'm just John Stewart's one of my least favorite Green Lanterns, and I feel like Grant Morrison would have preferred writing John Stewart, but he's on the Justice League, so it's kind of hard to do that. So yeah, true. I feel like even Simon well, Baz would have been better here. Hopefully, the series picks up. I mean, this issue six of remember the first season is going to be twelve, so we're halfway through the first season. Oh, that's a good point. I, I don't think of that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just not oh. th- not there for me yet, but hopefully, the second half picks up. I'll quickly do Marvel right. now. Oh, yeah, wait, just uh, quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah, we re-rated. Oh. Yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, Captain America. Um, I mean, basically, all you need to know is Cap is in prison. He's still standing up to bullies. He's, you know, still Captain America. He's uh, even if it kind of puts him, uh, yeah, against the side of justice. So the prison guards are abusing the prisoners. Cap stands up to them, takes them down. It really starts like a whole prison riot. Uh, and then we find out that the warden of the prison, like, broadcasted the whole thing. So Steve looks guilty. Uh, that's pretty much the issue. Um, another really solid issue I'm uh, digging this arc so far of Cap in prison and Cap has been one of my favorite series not just in Marvel overall me too yeah it's very like it's very di- if you read Avengers and not Captain America it's very different comparing this to the MCU yeah. Avengers Captain America is like Age of Ultron Captain America the comic Captain America is like Winter Soldier Captain America it's very serious it's kind of dark while Avengers Captain America is a bit more lighthearted. so you get both sides mm-hmm. of cap every by week or every month, I guess. Yeah, uh, monthly. It's good. It's very dark. It's interesting. It reminds me of Daredevil in a bit, a bit of a way. It's kind of like, you know, like yeah. a dark city yeah. and like, I know it's a prison right now, but before that it was a dark city and Bucky's involved sometimes. I hope he's involved more once Cap gets out of prison, which he eventually will because the cover for number 12, I believe, is Captain America running from police. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. it reminds me of Civil War, the comic, where he's kind of wanted by the police. And the police are out looking because Captain America is wanted. It's not like General Ross in the movie. It's just the actual law is looking for Captain America. But this time, yeah. he actually says, like, hey, take me to prison. I won't fight the cops. So, it's interesting. Yeah. Until he gets to prison, then he fights the cops. <laughs> yeah, the more, yeah, the correction, uh, corrections officers. But, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the, even though I don't re- read that much Marvel, I preferred really the street level titles. So uh, Daredevil, which is only three issues in, I 
really liked so far, and Captain America nine issues that I really liked so far. If you so. count Spider Man Street Level, his series is also really good. Yeah, you- yeah, it's it's been good too. I feel like like I, I guess I mean like more like the kind of the gritty, darker Street Level. Oh yeah, we've gone out of ca- have you read Daredevil yet or no? I will, but not yet. <laughs> okay, it's been like. Just like from the first three issues, like you really get drawn in. Like it almost feels like a TV series in a way. Like you just dark, gritty, cool, awesome. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll look for yeah. issue one, two, and three, maybe this week. Yeah. Or I'm going to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get them by the end of the month for sure. All right, that's what I like to hear. Uh, and then <laughs> War of Realms, um, number one. I read it. Hundred did not. I wish I didn't read it. <laughs> um, it's not that good. I, I think it's a really weak start to the. I mean, I guess this is. Maybe not their doomsday clock, but it's at least their heroes in crisis like level event. Like it's it's pretty big. Yeah, it, I but, mean, I don't know. They've been advertising it a lot. It's gonna have two hundred million tie-ins, so it, it really does. I don't know. I just think that the first issue is really weak. I, I won't really jump into spoilers much. Well, what happened? Even it, it just feels like really disconnected and all over the place. I mean, sometimes you got the Punisher doing stuff. Sometimes you got. You know, Daredevil running around. I just, I don't know. It's just too much going on at once. And um, they're trying to set the Thor mythology, which is cool. But I don't know. It's just, it's too much going on. I don't know. (laughs) It's really hard to explain because there's, I feel like there's just so much going on in the issue. But just the way it's written is weak to me so far. And even like underpowering somebody like Odin, like Odin is strong and he loses to like a few like dark elves. Like, I don't know. It's just. It's weird. I, so I didn't like the first issue. I really hope it gets better because so far it's a dud. But it's only one issue. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read it, so I can't really say much. I'll probably... <laughs> I don't know if I should pick it up or not. Should I? I don't know. I, I might... I don't even know if I'm going to keep reading like the like individual war realm. Like, that issue really turned me off. Like I was just like, yeah, I really don't want to read this. Yeah, that's fair. But, I don't know. We'll see. Let's see, uh, I'll see how I feel about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's it for the comics, I guess. And that's it for the episode. So if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. It does help with the rankings. And we do read them yeah. uh, for a hero story. I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Yeah.